Damn, girl. What's doing? We're out of the house for the first time in uh, a yeah. week. Yeah, like plus. 10 days. Yeah. yeah. You're wearing a sweet Bob Dylan shirt. You should show that off. How did you get that shirt? I don't know. I think I was like on this little kick of like 1988 because I got this 1988 uh, Grateful Dead shirt the year I was born. And then somehow this one came across my thing, and I was like, how could I not have it? Yeah. I yeah. buy way too many T-shirts, but I love them, and I wear them, so. And you actually listen to Bob Dylan. And I love Bob Dylan, so. I think if I if I saw you out in the wild and I didn't know you with that shirt on, I'd be like, get the fuck out Well, of everyone here. listens to Bob Dylan whether they know it or not. Ooh, that's true. So. That's true. Do you think there's a bigger um, icon than him? The Ramones? <laughs> <laughs> as far as like icons as far as like shirts that people wear that maybe oh, they don't listen to the music or something like interesting that. i guess ramones would probably nirvana is really big nirvana up might be but i th- do i don't know if people are listening to them i don't know if they're just wearing the shirt or they're listening to them but i see i don't know i mean just a, like all-time musical icon i don't know if bob, i don't know if bob dylan could be beat even the beatles were looking up to him he's my number one icon then yeah i think Right behind him, Neil Young. I would say that too, but I don't think a lot of people would agree with that. Really? In in terms of the number two, like, I mean. Like I, individual solo artist icon? I mean, maybe it would be Neil Young. Yeah, I think so. Okay, fine. I, I you can have that one too. Yeah, I would put him up there. And the list goes on, man. The list goes on. But. We're just trying to catch our breath here for a second, right? Yes. Jesus Christ. Our life's been crazy. Crazy. Yeah, we were out on the road making wild magic. And uh, when was that? When did we, I, came I guess home we, last Saturday. Yeah, we came home last like Friday or Saturday or something. I think Saturday. And Like two Saturdays ago. Yeah. And um, on Sunday, we, we recorded a couple podcasts. And uh, those are cool. But I believe on one of them, I think the one that's on Patreon, which is a cool episode, patreon.com slash church to chill. There's lots of bonus episodes on there. We get a little bit more personal. Yeah. But um, I was complaining about like, I was like, oh, we went on a three week road trip. We came home and uh, my dad appears to have dementia now. Yeah. Like I didn't even know how to wrap my head around it. I was kind of like angry. You're like, you motherfucker. I'm like, you motherfucker. You just fucking, we go away for three weeks and you just let the narrative go. Like what's going on? Like. My mom just has this list of things of like, he woke up at five in the morning and started getting dressed and saying he had to go to a doctor's appointment on this day. And then the next day he did the same thing. Just like really, really confused, but like still using words and like, you know, alert. So you're kind of like, what the hell? It's not like, it's not drug induced, which my family's dealt with a lot. Yeah. Because you were like, you were like, maybe he's on something. I was like, I don't know, Sean. I feel like. No, as It'd soon as she different. started reading this list to me, I was like, well, have you asked him what he's on? Like, yeah. what he's sneaking around taking behind our backs? Yeah. And uh, I was like, it doesn't feel like that. And I was just like, okay, I just, I, I can't deal with this right now. Like, <laughs> I, I just, like, I'm, I'm just like, life is just moving so fucking fast right now. Just like, 
it just it just feels in a gear that's just like completely unsustainable for my nervous system in particular so i'm like my mom like we're walking in the door we're literally unpacking the car from this crazy trip where we just basically lived out of our car for three weeks and my mom's like yeah dad doesn't know what the hell's going on and i'm like well where is he now he's out getting pizza like he was gone for like an hour and a half you know so uh, i'm like i I don't know what's going on with this guy but i think it's like start it's time to like uh figure out what the hell's going on or whatever take his keys i I don't know what to do so uh my mom has to go to my niece's um recital down in the city down in the city last sunday whenever this happened Mm -hmm. and um you know we were like cool we'll we'll keep an eye on on katie and i guess my dad for the first half of the day but then we're supposed to go on a hike at five o'clock so my mom's like go and they were sleeping and i also like i knew he was confused but i didn't think he was that confused like i don't think i realized you didn't have a confused interaction with him yet no so i like left him some instructions like i wrote up on big letters like all right here's your dinner and i put the dinner out for both of them and like was like katie doesn't eat her meds till 8 p.m you know just just making things very clear in case he was confused even though you hadn't seen him confused anyway we go to go on this hike um we get to the top of this mountain and it's what is it? It's like six fifteen. We're at the top of this mountain. We had left at five. And you check the nest cam that's in our living room and you see my dad poking around. So or Katie. Katie poking around. Yeah, so so it's like I, I should call home and wake your dad up and let him know Katie's poking around in case yeah. she has a seizure because like Well and just to give her dinner. J- yeah, yeah. But also like she just falls every day. Every single day, whether or not she's had a seizure, she falls every day because if the seizures don't take her down, the medicine does because she just catches this like two hour period where she's toxic and wobbly, but also somehow energized and like needs to move around. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, so we call home and you're talking to I'm, I'm just hiking with, with Laura and Natalie and I hear you talking to my dad and like, I don't know what that conversation was, but you seemed concerned. <laughs> He was like, I got to take, I got to get Caitlin dressed to go to uh, the recital or the, and I was like, no, you don't you, you do, like, that's definitely not. And then he's like, oh, to the christening, you know? And I was like, no, you don't. You definitely don't. And so all of a sudden I realized like, okay, he's very, very confused. Like extremely confused, but also motivated to go do something like alert. I was like, you don't drive. Yeah. So Cass says, don't drive. The second I hear her saying, don't drive, I'm like, give me the phone. I get on the phone with him. He's thinking it's 8 a.m. on Monday. It's 6.20 on Sunday night. So I'm like, what the hell? So I'm just like, I'm thinking like maybe he's just like sleepwalking or doesn't know what he's saying. And I, I don't know. I just keep talking to him and keep reiterating. It's Sunday. It's 6.20. Don't do anything. Do not drive anywhere. And then it dawns on me. Don't give Katie medic- medicine because you could overdose her right now. Because uh, it's not time for the medicine. It's a very fucking precarious thing to begin with. We really shouldn't have left. It's like I. No, I know. As we're telling this story, it seems so, insane. So, like, it seems insane. But like literally my dad never drops the ball on this shit. Even when he is fucking around with drugs and shit. He never drops the ball on like making sure Katie's safe, fed, medicated. Well, it doesn't even make sense that he would be as confused as he is. Because even if you get dementia, it's like, okay, you get a little confused and you don't know what's happening when you first wake up. And then you got to like, okay, it just didn't make sense that he couldn't hear what you said and then absorb it and hold on to it. Like he he was. Yeah. And And he was getting mad at me on the phone. 
He's like, I got everyone coming at me. And I'm like, no one's coming at you. No one's even home. Katie's in bed. You're just like, like no one's coming at you. He's like, I got to be at the christening. Your mom's going to kill me. I said, there's no christening. There's nothing. Well, that was yesterday. It, it doesn't even, it, it was just like, you're, you don't know what's going on. And I'm just like, don't medicate Katie. Don't do anything. We'll be right home. We're at the top of a mountain. That's like 20 minutes from home too. So, so we were, uh, we just, your mom needed our help for one day and we're like, all right, we'll, we'll bounce out a little bit. And it's like, cause I have the Nest camera and I left very clear instructions. I was like, it's going to be okay. It was like our last innocent moment of the way things used to be. Of like, cool. All right. Katie's taken care of dad. You're here. Let's go. You know, like it was, the, that was the way things used to be until now. And then, so you just, you're, you just start booking it down the mountain and I'm like, I'm telling Laura and Natalie, I'm like, Cass just isn't used to this. Like, this isn't a book down the mountain type of situation. We just got to, we'll, we'll just get down there. And then, uh, and then I'm like, wait a second, this could be bad. And I just start running. We just run down this mountain, get in the car. We fucking fly home on the craziest road around here. It's like this winding road that they call the goat's path. We're like, get down. We pull into the driveway. You just go running upstairs. Because my big thing is I'm worried that he gave her medication. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's my big fear. That, that we just double-dosed her on medication. That she got her medication he like a few hours morning. early. Yeah, whatever. This is a crazy story we know. I f- is this too much? No, whatever. I don't okay. give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so and, I mean, this is, what, this is what our life is right now. Yeah. Um, so you go running upstairs, and I'm like a few steps behind you. And you just come, Sean, get your ass up here. And I'm like, what? Ooh. I don't even know what you could be. And, and you were like... You, I don't know what you said. Like I don't know if I said anything. You said, get your ass up here. And you were like, you were your like, dad's well, on the kitchen floor. And I was like, I just screamed, is he alive? And you were like, yeah. And like I go over and he's like, he's laying there. And he's like, oh, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't fall. I slowly went down. I'm just resting. And he could barely get up. He was incoherent. And I was like, how long have you been down here? He's like, oh, a few minutes, I think five minutes. And my sister Katie's sitting there on the couch just like, well, yeah, dad's on the floor. And I'm like, this is bizarre. So... I pick him up, I put him on the couch, I lay him down. He's like completely has like no breath, completely short of breath and um, doesn't know what's going on. So I make him a big cup. First of the first thing you need to know about my dad is he smokes two packs of Marlboro Reds a day, uh, drinks six cups of coffee at least and um, never drinks water, never. So the first thing I do is I'm like, I get some magnesium, I put it in the water, I mix him up a thing, I get him, get a couple things of water down in his system, and he's just, like, not coming back, and it, like, starts dawning on me, like, why is he out of breath? You know what I mean? Like, like what could have even happened? I mean, I, on the ride home, I was like, we should start, we started chanting the Hare Krishna chant, because I was like, I don't know, I think we need to clear some karma, I really fucked up by leaving, like, I shouldn't have left, like, we need to be, have, you know. Who knows, yeah, I mean, you were like, oh, the Hare Krishna chant didn't help us, I'm like, who knows what it helped us from? Yeah. Like, who, it might have kept him in the game. You know? Well, so the way I've come become straight with myself about this, like, drop what feels like really dropping the ball on my end, um, is that if we were home and taking care of everything, he would never have gone to... Th- I wouldn't have walked in on him lying on the kitchen floor. And then, therefore, had to call 911. Yeah, and I think that... It all worked out for a reason. I got to trust that, yeah, that the the dramatic scene of walking in and seeing Jack, like, lied out on the kitchen floor, like, he was, like, thank God he was alive. Yeah, I know, thank God, thank God he was alive. That would have just been, holy shit, that mean, that was, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. So we get him onto the couch, and you called 911, and I'm like, I'm such, 
an underreactor when it comes to that stuff because I've seen tens of thousands of seizures that anyone else would call 911 for. But, like, you know, it's like, no, we don't need Katie in a hospital having these seizures. Like, she's going to get through them. I didn't just call 911. I took his, I texted your mom and Megan. I called Pete, who's. Uh, state, state trooper, trooper my brother-in-law and i took his oxygen and his oxygen was 77 when it should be like in the 90s and they your mom was like take him to the er and i was like well, i don't think we can get him to the er so and then Megan my, said, my call the, like call yeah. the ambulance and i was like so i just did you know it's not like i have such an aversion to that because uh you feel yeah, like it's capital you can't afford it. Yeah, I'm like, but they I, have a health who can afford this? Like, what, what is this going to do to our family? Like, I, like all that stuff. But it also just didn't seem like it was at that place. And by the time the ambulance got there, I was like, oh, definitely. Like, and I was just like worried sick. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see my dad again. Let alone if I see him again, I don't know if he's ever going to have a coherent thought again. And yeah. I, like, it's just so sad to see somebody lose their mind. Like, and just be, in, and he's just in a state of confusion and anxiety. And, uh, thankfully, as far as we know right now, it was just him having untreated and undiagnosed pneumonia, even though he had been going to the hospital and seen a, what do you call it? A pulmonologist? Yeah. And they, he had had a, a a fucking doctor's appointment with a pulmonologist like three days before this. And And the guy was like, eh, whatever, just get out of here. This guy had fucking pneumonia, like bad pneumonia, smoking on top of it. And, uh apparently the like so so he got to the emergency room they you know they get him on oxygen he was in the emergency room for like two or three days while they were figuring out what this is but once they got him on oxygen and um cleared his lungs or whatever it, he came back he, he was more, he was with it yeah, they, yeah it was a buildup of carbon dioxide because he couldn't breathe out so he just had like a co2 buildup in his lungs and you looked this up, like, and found out, like, that's a common symptom of pneumonia for old heads. Well, being confused. Yeah. And yeah. My friend Natalie, uh, who's in the medical field, she was like, it could be a UTI because, like, any sort of infection can can disrupt your mind in that way. Yeah. I mean, my grandma went into the hospital, same hospital my dad went into for, like, a bloody nose and was never the same again. Crazy. So what? It was it, just, just never coherent again what did they think her she had a sodium stroke levels or dropped to some like unheard of number and uh, it wasn't it wasn't a stroke or anything she just like something just the dementia just came out she lived many years like that it was really sad but uh that was a huge relief was that like okay this is pneumonia that was a symptom of pneumonia they got him on the antibiotics, um, but they, they got him, like, coherent again and right. sharp. And right now he's got different masses and stuff that they're testing, and it's taking forever to get, like, to make sure it's not cancer and stuff. So we're obviously hoping for good news about It'll be everything. a miracle if he gets out of this and it was just pneumonia. Well, he has stage 3 COPD, which he's had COPD since 1997, so yeah. 26 years. Of smoking two, three packs of Marlboro Reds through COPD. <laughs> That's how anxious he is. Yeah. yeah. And I it's guess... A, it, it really comes down to, like, that's how sensitive he is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's been on a nicotine patch in there, so he hasn't had a cigarette in, like, 10 days. He keeps saying, I really got to quit smoking. I'm like, you did you already quit did. smoking. You already did. Congratulations. You're no longer a smoker. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, all we're doing is just, you know, praying for him and just trying to keep a routine at home. We're both, like, watching Caitlin 
who of of course in the midst of all this like cuz seizures are a fear response and sometimes you don't know what the hell triggered it but with this it was very clear like Katie's going to go through this it's like it's like an emotional slingshot it just gets pulled back and back and back and back and eventually she can't pull it back anymore it just gets released into a seizure and uh so yeah dealing with seizures that night all night didn't sleep next day all night seizures didn't sleep again like so yeah, you know how I am. I barely ever fucking don't get eight hours of sleep. I'm a mess if I'm if I'm not getting my sleep. So I've just been an emotional mess. We're just trying to keep my dad healthy and his spirits high by visiting him a lot and bringing him good food. And um, I'm sneaking shiitake and reishi mushrooms into the hospital, <laughs> and because they cure pneumonia and they and they help lungs. Yeah. So I just sneak them into a smoothie. Because they wouldn't even let it, like the doctors would be like, no, 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 over that, you know. I'm bringing vitamin D and and, uh, and B in there. They don't give them that. I want to sneak some zinc in there. It's like the obvious shit that your body needs, like the clear cut, just here's what you need. They don't give a fuck about that in the hospital. His pee looks like <laughs> golden brown. And I'm like, how is this in a hospital? How is this possible? So we just sat with him and make him drink a million cups of water. And then his, his piece crystal clear now. I'm proud of that. Yeah. But yeah, we've just been in caretaker mode. And, I've and I feel like a horrible it. caretaker because you got Caitlin walking around with a black eye from falling out of bed. And like, there's nothing you can do. You you just like, it yeah. just happens. These things happen. But it just, just feels like everything's falling down, literally. Yeah. and And you know. Like, you just start to, like, yeah, it feels like everything's falling down and you're, like, patching the dam with your, you know. Oh, and then the fridge starts leaking. The fridge was leaking, so all of a sudden there's just a, ba- there's just our bathroom is leaking. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> everything, just everything, left and right, just, like, falling apart at the seams, seemingly. And you're just like, good Lord almighty, how much can I take? And then I realize, like, my parents have been living like this forever. No, sometimes you're, like, having a hard time and I'm like, stop it. Your parents are having such a harder time. <laughs> Yeah, but they're used to it. They've acclimated their bodies to it. And they've also made choices that made their life like this. Yeah, and no, what I, I try to explain to them, I'm like, I made choices to make my life the opposite of the chaos I was raised But in. you always knew you'd be coming home to chaos. Like, we always knew that we would there would be a time, and we were hoping it would be later than this, where we, like, yeah. we would be needed more at home. Yeah. And so. Hey, if if that was our window of time, like what I would think of, it's like those eight, 18 years of my life, pretty much. That was a pretty good window of time to party down and Yeah, and we're going to need art. to figure it out. We're still artists and we're still filmmakers. And like, you know, there are people who, Katie does have like support in the sense of like the state is helpful with like making sure that someone can get paid to be there for her. Yeah. So Yeah, but it sounds good. You know, but it's hard, yeah, to have but a stranger come a, into your house. Epilepsy, and, and like deal with Katie, who is like particular and yeah, um, yeah. Epilepsy and scary when is it, it happens. Insane. I don't. There's no amount of money you could pay somebody where it'd be like, yeah, this will compensate you for um, all the the shit you're gonna go through. Like, there's just no amount. Like it. it it almost needs to be a family member or somebody that deeply cares about Katie's well-being and survival. Totally. You know, you know ideally it always is, but yeah. Yeah, and that's 
we're going to be there as much as possible. But we're yeah, needed. It's uh, you know we had a lot of fun. Even while we could. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> don't, no, I know you're not going to like. You can't move forward and thinking that you can't like. You have to. You have a career and life and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, And we're but, trying to get creative about how we can work from home more and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even when it's not seizures, it's like wobbly from the medication. You you have to. Uh, at least carry. one person has to physically be in the room with her at all times if you really want to protect her even then she's going to have black eyes and bruises and whatever so yeah we're just trying to make it so we don't have two family members in the hospital right now but we're right there edging on that shit right now every day my mom's on the phone with katie's doctors and they're like she should be in the hospital right now and it's like whoa man whoa just puts everything into perspective instantly all the shit that i was fucking bitching and moaning about out on the road you know <laughs> yeah i mean that was just more like fuck man uh, yeah that was very petty compared to like the real like when it's like i'm watching my dad in the hospital i'm seeing katie react to it and she was crying good lord my heart can barely handle it yeah, it's a lot. I got went over to my friends, like the one time I've gone out this week. I went and had dinner with my girlfriends, and I just walked in and just started bawling. And I was like, "Oh, I guess, I guess just holding it together is like you're gonna crumble at some point, and you just try to find the places where it's like, okay." Yeah, that's a that's a good way of putting it. Cause, cause I talked to my dad and love my dad, but he always wants to make me feel better, and he's like, "Well, at least you're not in the Ukraine," and I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> Yes, I do agree to that, but I did wake up to, like, violent seizures and needing to shower Katie because she was puking on herself. Like, it's very immediate and very intense, and it's, like, can be a... I'm not complaining. Like, I I love our life. I love yeah. Caitlin. I love being there for your family. I love being of service. Like, it's not... I'm not by any means feeling like a victim of anything, but, you know, sometimes when life is just, like, operating at an intensity where you kind of, like have to be strong and hold it together and just okay do the next thing and okay now this is happening and you know and this too and this too it just like builds up and then you just have like a moment where you find a safe space and you just break down for a minute and you're like okay i'm cool now (laughs) yeah yeah. and that's what i want you to have because i feel like that's what you're missing is like that world in which you just like i feel like you're teetering on the edge more because you, you don't necessarily have like the big cathartic release and so you're always like a little more high strung and like intensified by what's going on because you know you're always in it and your nervous system is like always on guard yeah it's weird like usually um when my family's like in crisis like this which we've been in many times i'm good like i'm i'm graceful like um i'm like sharp and you know solid yeah. And I feel neither one of those things right now. So, I mean, I'll I'll gain it. I'll I'll get back there, but yeah, it's partly because of that. Like I don't, I don't like there's nowhere there, there's nowhere to go. There's no time to go there even if there was somewhere to go and there's no one for me to talk to. So, like sometimes you see me like whiling out in front of my mom. I'm like this kind of is my person to do this with right now. And she's better at handling it than you think. No, she handled you guys wild out on each other yesterday and then it was like uh, there was a lot of grace given because we were just back to normal like a couple hours later. Yeah. I was yeah. like, are you going to go smooth things out with your mom? And I was just like, we're okay. Smooth things out? 
she screamed at me my whole life. Like, you know, we've never, we, you know, you smooth things out by just like moving on. That's the way it's been with her, you know. With other people, I'm more like, hey, I'm really sorry. I don't want to be like, and I am like that with my mom. Yeah, totally. But, um, yeah, this got the best of me a little bit. I'm, I'm at a low point right now, and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can vibe in the low point and uh, still, still get some laughs, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think what you were saying is you're just like, I'm so frustrated because anytime I have a moment to myself, I just need to medicate you know rather than to like have a creative thought and i think that's where you're just yeah i realized the spaciousness that i created for myself that led to like us running around making films and getting paid to do it i i realize now and like i, I guess i kind of took it for granted then just i created a lot of spaciousness in my life where i would i would just make money quickly and like everyone else that i worked with was making they were getting paid the same thing but i was like cool that's enough i'm gonna take my time now and it was in those times that I would conceive the projects and figure out how to do them and be able to execute them quickly and efficiently. And, you know. What seems to me, though, is like life won't really shift until you accept yeah, where it's I at. Know. And so it's like kind of like it's I think of that time that, you know, we were the first girl we ever dated. We had a really hard time with my mom because it was like even dramatic for, for us getting to that place of being in a thruple or whatever and so like my mom like wasn't accepting the situation because she you know yeah. she just wasn't able to do it and then like she ex finally came to accept the situation where she's like i really like her and i love you guys together and this is awesome we're like oh she left us and we're on the next day i had to call like, <laughs> all right thanks for the acceptance mom but like she's that, like oh no she's gone now she left but she was actually really cool yeah we're like we know it's okay <laughs> yeah, she's like, now I have to mourn this. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it does feel like, you know, when there's like this resistance to things, even like with my mom, she has this guinea pig or had this guinea pig, Helix, the sweetest. Rest in peace, Helix. R.I.P. Helix. I love him so much. I know. I, I loved him, whatever. But she like had gone through this phase of like, maybe someone else could give him a good home because it's a lot of, a lot of work, you know, to have a guinea pig and he's very needy and needs his cage cleaned and my mom's older and it's just mm. a lot to do yeah. all the things and and she's like maybe there's he would find a, a better family and i'm like he's never gonna find a better family because you feed him like organic microgreens he and, eats better than us yeah and but that was kind of and so sadly um he passed away recently and after my mom accepted the situation like actually i do want to care for him for the rest of his life yeah and i think she's really sad that he passed and it's like it's interesting this caretaking thing when you care for like a guinea pig because you you go and you try to make him happy with like some his favorite thing is sunflower sprouts so sometimes you'll think he wants like a red pepper and then he doesn't want the red pepper and then you're just like playing this game of like, how can I make you happy? And then you finally make him happy. Hmm. And it just, you feel so good about it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and there's so much personality and him looking at you and bite, chewing his cage, like, you know, begging for that, whatever it is, he's got his eye on basil leaves or whatever. You showed him such a good time too. You always gave him haircuts and you cut his nails and, you know, he, he had a really good life for a guinea pig. We were making up for, I had a guinea pig as a kid that, we didn't give a good life to Murph. Murph. R.I.P. Murph. R.I.P. Murph. We were bad about cutting his toenails, and that was a shame. And we were bad about 
I guess guinea pigs like to be like hidden, so they need like an enclosure. Mm. Um, I don't know. I was just like a little kid. I didn't know how to care. My parents were working and stuff, so I don't know. All these pets, they do need a lot of care. I don't know why I'm getting on a tangent about well, that. I mean, well, we're in, in caretaking mode right now, and I'm feeling a little bitter about it. I think that's what the last week is. It's just like it just bubbles up, like just f- clinging to my old life of chasing my dream and really that being the primary focus and knowing like, yeah, I'm going to have to take care of the family at some point, but right now they're taking care of me, and I'm allowed to chase my dream because of them. And then all of a sudden it just switched in one day. It just switched, and we're like, whoa whoa this is what it's like this is fucking intense oh like we're really needed and it's and i think it's scary to you because of how much we're needed and like i'm trying to make you calm by telling you that like you know that there's ways to get other people that can support your family when we're when we're like go on a two-week film trip or whatever you know that's possible there are people who have devoted their lives to caring for people and who could do it really well Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I think there is something about, I mean, you're getting mad at the dog. You're waking up and you're like, I just don't even want to take care of a dog right now. I just feel like I, <laughs> I feel like I purposely designed my life in a way where I don't have a dog or kids or like shit to fucking worry about. Like I have to worry about myself and my creativity and nurture that. And now I'm like, oh, from the second I open my eyes, there's something I have to do. And that it just kills me a little bit, you know, but it won't forever. Well, yeah, because I, I think that. right now you're be good you're scared about the forever. You're anticipating like, oh, no, that, like you're having the resistance of like, wait, I don't want this to be my forever. Like, yeah. you know, and so you, you're just a little, I think, daunted by the task at hand. And I think as soon as we accept really what's going on, like we've seen it where Katie doesn't have seizures for like a month or one seizure a month. You know, there's yeah. she's getting she's it's a dance with the medications but there's ways that she does get leveled out and that your dad gets back to a base and you know maybe needs more help around the house but isn't like needing to be visited in the hospital you know yeah it might be time to finally make a a film about my family (laughs) you know if we're stuck there and, and really having to like log hours every day taking care of people we might have to be like all right, we're going to get some interviews going. Let's see. Let's start telling our family story finally. Maybe. I, I don't like know. I, I just don't know how else to come up with ideas if I don't, if I just don't have any like spaciousness, you know, just like, oh, there's nothing. I don't have to think about anything. And that's, you know, that's when I come up with the films we're going to go make. Well, I think when you're an artist and you do realize you just like, you're going to make art with whatever's in front of you. So if this is what's in front of you right now, mm-hmm. you know, your your family does have like a very rich story and also just like a big daily experience of what it's like to yeah be them. Yeah. And it's like uh, epilepsy is extremely isolating just because if you, if you haven't been around an epileptic for any amount of time you would say stuff like well at least you're not in ukraine like i would rather be there than have an epileptic sister this is insane if if we just had to move to ukraine and caitlin wouldn't have seizures anymore i would do it like it's fucking chaos it is fight or flight mode always you know it's just constant every little sound triggers you you just you know you have ptsd and it just it just gets worse with every seizure and you know, it's, um, I, I think people really can't understand and it's so isolating like that, I think, you know.
I guess we're going to have to learn how to use the camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, <laughs> should be no problem at all. <laughs> yeah. We've been watching some stuff, though. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's and that's the thing. Like you're saying, like my 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 free time, I'm like medicating, you know, I'm like, OK, Whew, all right. Finally, we're like off the clock a little bit. It seems like everyone is like I'm still watching down. on the Nest camera. Yeah. You have You have a Nest cam up on your phone and you're mainly watching that and then like looking up at a screen every now and then and paying attention to whatever we're watching. Yeah. But um, we saw this fucked up documentary called shiny happy people about the the duggar family i don't know if people remember them what was the name of their show 19 and counting or something like that they had like 17 and counting 18 and yeah they had all these kids it was just like this uh, extremist religious christian family that just had so many kids and just kept having kids and there's a fucked up documentary out there about them that uh i mean i don't even know if i can recommend it it's just like it's twisted well, yeah, we start, we watched the we watched a minute, probably forty eight seconds of the Jared Subway one. Oh my god! And it's it was like so intense, so fast that we're like, all right, no way, we can't. Yeah, do this I was one. like, oh, the Jared. They made a documentary about the Jared from Subway guy. Of course, it's three parts. Like you're like, yeah, okay, that's like, stupid. But I was like, let's. I mean, I I don't know this story or how they caught this guy or what happened. And it was like a very dramatic fall from grace, which it, those yeah. stories can be very entered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we click on it and like <laughs> literally 48 seconds and I'm like, I can't do this. Like, it's just like just yeah. intense, you know, just, yeah, hey, I could do it. Maybe ease me into this a little bit, you know, but they, yeah. they stack it right at the front. It's just like fucking just the most intense, disgusting shit you've ever heard, like just in a montage. And I'm just like, they're, they're not, um, they're not being mindful of my senses here. I'm not going to watch well, they this. Well, w- they want to get people by saying, <laughs> yeah. like, he was interested in seven-year-olds. And we were like, okay. <sighs> I'm just like, oh, All right, okay. we'll get out of this one. Yeah. Let's throw on the Duggars instead. <laughs> it's the same premise. It's like the same premise, but it was, like, a little less, I think, like, trying to be tantalizing. Yeah. Tantalizing or whatever. Yeah. Even uh, the title, like, that's fucked up. Shiny, happy people. That's a ner- that's a uh, an R.E.M. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I was R.E.M., I'd be so mad. Be like, you're just going to take the name of one of our songs and make it a fucking thing about a pedophile cult with it? Like, that's fucked up. It is fucked up. That's fucked up. R.E.M. should have been like, no, you're not using the, like, or figured out some way to, like. I don't know if they, they own called shiny, that thing happy an- people, though. Yeah, but they could have called that anything. It's just so twisted. I didn't like the title, because every time it came up, I was like, this doesn't even make sense. It, it makes no me. sense. It, you know, all these documentaries are so formulaic, and they think they're so clever. They think, and, like, you could really tell that when you watch them. Like, oh, they, they really think that they're brilliant with this. But, um. Yeah, that one was just like an expose on like uh, this whole religious cult that I think is still thriving in this country. What, I can't even remember the name of it. It's some acronym. Oh, ULBP or something? Yeah. Some, I don't know. I don't know. Who it's knows? all about like homeschooling your kids and having as many kids as your body could possibly allow for. Yeah, and they do this. It's interesting because it's this one guy and he kind of created this system of like umbrellas umbrellas of authority so it's the top is god and then it's like husband or maybe it's like a religious leader or something yeah. and then it's husband and then the wife falls under the umbrella of the husband and then the kids fall under the umbrella of the yeah the mom and so basically it's like as you are serving god as long as you are serving your immediate authority so as long as you're being 
submissive to your husband and every want, need, and desire he has and serving whatever fucking harebrained idea he has about how life should be, then you're being a good yeah. Christian or whatever this is. I mean, I Which think... Which is it, interesting. Yeah. Well, it's simple. And it's I think that's simple. why a lot of people get swept up in it because it's just a very simple way to... Uh, to just whittle down what the human experience is. It's just like, hey, you serve this authority. Don't even think about it. This is who your boss is. Just do good by that thing. Which makes sense to me in a way because in a lot of in a lot of ways, like, I'm like, as long as Sean's happy, I'm good. You know? like I think Happy that's... wife, happy life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you could see how it could happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and how it makes sense um, when you have, you're like, okay, I just need to make this one person happy. Um, but when you're in a twisted culture of these crazy genders, cause then there's like all the women are pretty much mercies, which their role is to like take the burden and take the pain. And then the, the men are like, for the most part, the prophets. Mm -hmm. And so you're providers. Supposed, to, supposed to follow their lead. Um, I don't know how anyone makes money in this thing. No, I think just by maybe going on reality television shows and stuff. It's well, before they were on reality TV, they were living in like a two bedroom, one bathroom thing with like 15, 16 kids. When they said that, I was like, damn. Yeah. You thought you had it rough. How many people for one bathroom? What the hell? What kind of system? What, what's the system here? You know, and we get in trouble with just one bathroom with two people. two people. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I, I just don't think anyone should be hanging around in the bathroom any longer than they have to just in case someone else needs to use it. <laughs> it's just my policy. I think it's a good rule. <laughs> but yeah, we watched, uh, it's, it's, it's a twisted story. And, and we know people that have gotten and, and were raised in, in cults like that. But this one just fucking got crazy. I mean, the, the, the eldest son ended up being a pedophile and got caught multiple times and like they were apologizing for him. And but yeah, at first I was like, when we were first watching it, I was like, oh, this seems innocent. Like there's pedophiles in all cultures. Like yeah. how are you going to ruin this whole thing because there's one creepy dude? And then I got deeper into it and I'm like, oh no, they fostered that's what, that's his depraved behavior. Yeah. And I mean... Yeah, I don't think everyone in this culture is like a creepy pedophile or whatever, but he and he's the, like the worst of the worst. But they really do set it up in a way of like their education is like don't think about your sister's boobs. Yeah. What a weird weird thing to put in a kid's head. And then it's all about cover, being covered up, and but then it's about authority. And then the oldest boy obviously had the most authority. They just create a minefield of taboos that you know eventually turn into fetishes. And yeah, and then basically depraved behavior. Uh, the girls that his sisters that he abused, they had to carry the weight of the abuse, and then and say, "Oh, it wasn't that big of a deal." Yeah, god damn. It wasn't that big of a deal, you know, and of course it was, and they just, like, in order to keep their family making money and not ostracized, they had to sweep, they had to be the forefront leaders of sweeping this thing under the rug. And then, because they canceled 19 and Counting or whatever, the spin-off show was the two, they were like, alright, how, the, I'm sure the execs are like, alright, how do we spin this? It's like, alright, well, let's give the two abuse survivors... Their own show. Their own show. So then they get locked into a contract that they never... They, they never saw a dime off of it. 
they had to broadcast their whole lives and be on these shows and they just never saw any of the money the dad made all the money yeah the dad made all the money yeah it was it's it's a really fucked up story but you know hey what was it the learning channel the tlc they milked that cash cow as much as they can they knew about all this stuff and they just milk it they don't give a shit you can't trust all these people that they throw on TV and they say, here's the ideal. Look at how fucking awesome they are. It's like, oh, yeah, what got me is like, because you're like, everyone watches this and they're like, oh, my God, these kids are so well behaved. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the whole thing. Oh, and this is this is also how you set people up to get abused because you're just supposed to do whatever your authority says. Um and behave and you pretty much don't know anything outside of those lines and the reason for that is they have this blanket training that they do where they put a baby the baby on it so if you want to abuse your kids to be well behaved here's how you do it um i'm joking obviously um you put your kid on the blanket this is what how the mom did in the duggars you put your baby on a blanket and then you bring something that the baby really wants like at the edge of the blanket and then you just, every time they go for it, you hit them. <laughs> wow. And you just keep hitting them until they don't want it anymore. Until mm. they don't go for it anymore. So basically, um, I don't know, I guess the psychology of that is just uh, listen to your mother or you'll get hit. And even if you, like, want something different, you just, it's like they... It, it's such a intense way to train that they don't really even have to be abusive. Like phys- like if you hurt your hit your baby in that way as a baby, you almost don't have it's like breaking a horse. You almost don't have to hit them ever again. All you have to do is like do that, you know. When, or not when even not even that. Just like they don't they've they're so trained. I don't even know if I'm explaining it right. It's so fucked up. But they're so trained that what they like what they desire they might get hurt for so they don't go for it or that they have to listen to mom i don't know it just like steals the spirit it just you could see it you could see it in their eyes yeah they just yeah maybe they you know are good kids and play by all the rules but that's maybe not what makes up a good kid and maybe that's not what makes up a good society maybe kids are meant to break rules and maybe the kids are meant to bring things further and maybe kids are supposed to explore things and I make don't know. mistakes, make and, mistakes learn from them. and learn from them. I was reading a Reddit thread yesterday. Um, it was, uh, what's your biggest sexual regret? And by far, the most, th- like most of them, the vast majority of them were people saying, oh man, I had like a religious upbringing and I just didn't explore my sexuality. And like now I'm in my 40s and like I'm not as desirable as I used to be and I don't have all those hangups. And I think back to all the times I just didn't act on what I wanted to do or had an obvious opportunity and didn't know what to do or how to handle it or, you know, shunned people because of my religious upbringing. So many people saying that their sexual regrets were actually not having any sexual regrets. Interesting. Yeah. That it, it really, like I was so surprised. I thought there was going to be some wild stuff in there and it was mainly, it was very wholesome in that way. Yeah. And, and beyond that, not even religious people just so, um, nervous that they you know denied obvious opportunities and sexual advances from women a lot of men's being like god damn i think about this every day this you know this woman wanted me to take her home and i just didn't read the cues right or like 
why did she she invited me over to her place and we're watching the thing and then she put her legs over me and i just got out of there like so many people just like when push came to shove just like didn't know what to do yeah just like just didn't know how to act on it that makes me glad i'm not a guy i feel like i could choke i feel like no actually i'm cool i don't know how you fuck it up i mean i don't know no i I I could yeah but i could see how as like a teen or you know you just like you like some girl so much that you don't want to do anything that would embarrass yourself so even if she's giving you all the signs the story you have in your head is they don't like me yeah so if your story is like there's no way they could like me so you have like no confidence that even when they give you clear signs you can't even see them you you can't see them but the or the story you have is so much louder Mm. of like she would think i'm disgusting and doesn't want to touch me i don't know i'm just guessing i think you're right on the money Mm because that was the response to a lot of those comments was people like breaking it down psychologically and it's just it's crazy it's crazy to me those were would not be my regrets would not be uh not doing things i've never really you know i was gonna ask you what your biggest sexual regret is i don't know i'm thinking of trying to think of mine and i can't think of yeah i don't know um yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't really have a lot of regrets in general. I don't. I don't think I, I like. It's just not my way of going through life. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think the things I did are the things I did, and they made me who I am. Even, especially the regretful things. Especially those things. But yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm glad that I've. Uh, you know, the opportunities I have had, I've for the most part cashed in on them. <laughs> You've shown up. Not just sexually, but like opportunities. You know, I'm very good at recognizing like here's an opportunity yeah you're not the i mean i could just from even playing darts i choke you don't you like you get extra pressure and you like i do better you do better yeah yeah i I struggle more than the regular season like why are we even doing this like what is it you're like come on you gotta win and i'm like oh okay yeah i I could do that and once i once i have like that like yeah you're clutch you're like the kind of guy you want on your team because you're like you'll do it and when it's time yeah yeah. Me, I'm like, oh, everything's so loud. I can't. I'm gonna, uh, yeah. Yeah. Break. Yeah, but also like tons of people talking about um, just awful one night stands and just fucking getting people pregnant and just you know hilarious stuff. Yes, I'm sure so many bad one night stands have le- led to like STDs. Pregnancies. I well, yeah, and pregnancies exactly. Yeah, yeah. This guy was like talking about how he's like, I had a one night stand. My last night at visiting some country, I get back and weeks later, she's like, I'm pregnant. So he's like, I fly back. I start trying to form a relationship with this woman. We spend five weeks together and then I find out that the kid's not mine. You know, like just. just, (laughs) Well, thank God. That's like best case scenario. It is. It is a great. It it is. It is a best case scenario. But imagine like imagine for like two months sitting there being like, I guess I'm going to have. This is my life. This is my life now. I'm going to have a kid with some woman. I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, It's insane. There was another good thread I read and I can't remember it now, but something along those lines. I, I'm always curious uh, what uh, I'm always curious to take a, like a, a sample from from those things. Like, what's your biggest sexual regret? I'm like, I click on that. I'm like, I have no idea what anyone could be saying in here. Yeah. And then to see a like a glaring pattern, it says something. I don't really know what. But this sounds creepy, but my mom always said, like, she's like, you're young, you should have fun and like you should be exploring your sexuality. It's and not stuff. creepy. I don't think that's creepy at all. She was just like kind of like, I guess that's like wisdom. She's like, you have a, 
this was with my first boyfriend she's like this is good like you have a boyfriend you're on birth control like you should explore your sexuality and stuff yeah figure out what you like like because i think when things are so wrought with shame yeah it's hard to uh do one of the most enjoyable things that this life has to offer yeah yeah exactly yeah and it has been so wrought with shame from so many angles so if you have a, a parent who's like who can set you on the on the straight and narrow and be like no have fun enjoy yeah. your young sexy body while you have it yeah she's telling me this at like 18 so it's not that creepy um yeah i remember like i wasn't ra- raised religious or anything but i always thought like when i would touch myself at a young age that jesus was watching or somebody was watching i mean he was and they were <laughs> But they I loved it. I, yeah, I don't think they hate it. I think it's just like, they're like, oh, let's just cast doing what cast does. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, oh man, there was another thing about that thread I wanted to say. Damn. Can't remember. I'm too much of a stoner. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. A big thing that the women were saying was, um, that a big regret of theirs is not expressing what they like sooner in their relationship mm-hmm. and wasting a lot of time in relationships that weren't sexually satisfying to them. Mm. And then just seeing like just all the women talk about, you know, how they fake orgasms and then women are responding being like fake orgasm. Why even bother? My guy doesn't even fucking care i don't even have to bother with that shit he just does his thing and doesn't care about my end of things and just a lot of people being like i just wish i was more expressive about what i liked and part of being about expressive about what you like is figuring out what you like by trial and error yeah well i'm sure that's very hard because you're always scared that the person won't meet you there or that that'll be intimidating or something like that yeah yeah so I don't know. You could see how that could happen easily. The, I, the the best thing that ever happened to my sexuality was having a girlfriend from sixteen to twenty three. Like taught me about sex and was just yeah. very good communicator. You know Kathleen. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. she's the best. She's just clear. She set me up right. No, and I wasn't a good communicator. I just was like, oh orgasms or something i take care of alone (laughs) you know that's kind of how i was i kind of was working through it oh yeah yeah when we first were hooking up yeah i was like it's cool i got it i'll do it another time i'm I'm like wait so wait your orgasms are going to happen outside of our sex and i'm not going to get to be a part of that or whatever and you you thought that was normal i guess or like i guess that's what you had been doing yeah i'm like no way i will fucking figure this out i think i figured it out in five seconds yeah yeah, we figured something out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think with women, because typically women take a little longer than men, potentially, that there's like uh, an impatience. Maybe women have impatience with themselves. And there's a lot of shame because also vaginas and dicks. Can I say these words? Um, anyway, the nether region has like a looks different. Like, so then maybe maybe it, like there's a lot of self-consciousness i think what that's the number about? one looks I, different well maybe it looks different than like uh what you see in pornography okay so if you're if that's what you see and you think there's a standard of how a penis or vagina should look and yours doesn't mit, fit into that perfect box there's like a lot of shame and self-consciousness and that and also like 
if you are not bisexual or don't like if you're a girl and you don't like that area you can't think about how someone else could like it because mm. you think it's that would be gross mm. so if you think that's gross then you are very self-conscious that someone else is doing that down there that they wouldn't enjoy it or mm. something damn i don't know we're just talking it's an interesting through. way to unpack it do you think that that's uh that it, that was your hang-up you think um you just didn't know how smoking hot you were no i don't know if that was my hang-up i'm i'm kind of more speaking generally from like having talked to friends and stuff mm. but i think i did once i started going had gone down on a girl and enjoyed it then i enjoyed receiving a lot more oh that's interesting because you just kind of like, oh, I get why this is hot and enjoyable. Yeah, I see why someone would want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah, exactly. So it de definitely did help in that way. And I think that... Now, what is my hang-up? What was my hang-up? Well, you... I mean, I, you had never come in front of anybody. I mean, that, and that's a very vulnerable, intimate, beyond-your-control type of thing. I Maybe, think, yeah. Know? Yeah, no, I think there's something to that and i think there's just like oh i know how to do this better yeah or like you know it, yeah or i can do this efficiently but now that now i don't now i'm like you i don't like to jerk off really i like to hear like whisper apart like someone's not gonna hear it <laughs> <laughs> no because i'm like i you do it better than i could do it you know what i mean like it's like i i, I can't do it that good like it it feels like it used to it just doesn't feel as good you know yeah yeah I feel like I used to be able to in previous relationships like have a practice of jacking off every day. Yeah. And not skipping a beat like with my my sex in my relationship, but I didn't care about having as much sex in my relationships as I do with you. Yeah. So I had to give it up. And I think it's good because it sends your hormones out of whack, especially if you're looking at porn while you do it. Your dopamine is fucking flying all over the place. You're desensitized like uh it's in in the long run it's not a good thing it's something it's something i had to consider and then did give it up once i considered it because i'm like i i don't like this way the way it, it's kind of like nicotine you know it's like oh yeah awesome that sounds good and then you're like i don't really feel that good about it and like those ups and downs and like putting your nervous system through that's not worth it especially if i have sex available to me that's kind of how i feel about the vibrator like i go through like stints where it's like okay back on again back off again but like now i'm off for like months and i'm like i don't miss it you know i'd like i feel like it's less of it's a more shallow orgasm yeah than like when i connect with you yeah like it's like when you have one orgasm without a vibrator it's like the equivalent of like when you have it with a vibrator you need to have like 20 mm. do you know what i mean and you're just like chasing a dragon it's like spliffs yeah. They're, okay. they're, the the vibrators, your spliffs. Totally. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, I'll just do that again. Like, cause it's, cause yeah. it's, and then it's like on tap, but it's like also like it didn't scratch the itch fully. Well, you didn't have to work for it. Maybe that. or it's I, I mean, like, it's it's part of what it is. It's not this. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's like anything else. You should have to put in a little effort for, for whatever it is you're receiving. Mm -hmm. There was a study. I texted it to myself. My phone is the one recording now. But they, they did this study with all these animals all kinds of different animals and um most of them the only the only one that was an exception most of them 
preferred to have to do some sort of work for their food than just it being served to them. Cats were the only exception. They seemed to prefer not having to work for it. They like to be served. And I, I think I think a lot of humans fall into that category, you know, and I think that's probably more in our nature is that uh, the the reward system is that much better when you've put an effort for it, you know, and you haven't farmed it out. My energy is so much better when I get up and go for a run and take a cold shower than when I get up and say I'm too lazy, I'll just drink coffee. Right. My energy is so much better and my orgasms are so much better when they're with you than something I'm doing with porn on my own. So much better. And it probably just goes across the board. I think that I think it's uh, kind of a little bit of the the deficiency with uh, crypto. You know, I think right. I think people that want to make a living out of that, I think that the one thing that they're not really fully taking into account is like how they got that money. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't think you could feel great about it. I think that's why gambling addicts keep gambling because it's not like you feel great. You're like, it's oh, the, it's the vibrator of life, like gambling, yeah. you know, because you're like. Because, I mean, it's a, with the higher stakes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. not. But, it, yeah, there is something like that where you're just like, okay, this is – Yeah. It's not scratching a full itch because I didn't – I got $1,000, but I didn't really work for it, so let's play the game again. And Yeah. And how do you learn? It, it's like it's like when people get their stomach stapled and, and they lose weight and then they, you know, they gain it all back and eat right through the fucking thing. It's because they didn't put in the hard work and discipline that it took to get there. And they didn't form any new habits along the way. And they didn't, like, do that very human journey. Yeah, no, it's been interesting. You, were, you said this the other day, like, Katie's always been treated as a patient by your parents. Yeah. And, like, they, like, my goal is to help, like, your parents want me to help teach her life skills and stuff. And I'm just, I'm starting to get in the habit, like, as long as she's, you know, not in the midst of seizures or over-medicated or whatever happens, like, to be like, oh, Katie, can you bring me your plate? You know, yeah, like saying little things like that. And I was, I think you saying like working for something is rewarding helps me not feel weird about that. Cause I, you know, not that I did feel weird about it, but I think I, I try, I try. It's like not easy always, but like to be like, Hey Katie, you want to help me set the table? And sometimes I get her to do it. Sometimes not so much. Yeah. But you just, you just got to keep trying yeah you know and keep explaining to her but because she will get more out of life feeling like she's a contributor yeah she yeah. will get a lot more out of that's life. what i'm thinking it, just a lot more happiness i think that's all we're we're any of us are doing down here when it really comes down to it is mining for joy in this crazy fucking jungle of life we're just mining for joy and figuring out like okay here's the circumstances how do i get joy out of this yeah, and when you the other day were getting into it with your, I had like offered to go pick up the pizza for your mom, and you were like frustrated because you hadn't seen me that day that much, or like you're like it's just one thing after another, and I was like, don't, I was ma I was really mad at you for making a stink about me helping them because I offered to help, yeah, and I'm like I get joy out of feeling useful, and like I can, your mom's like had done has had a lot going on today, like I can go pick up the pizza, yeah, and I think. I was so mad at you for like kind of getting into it with your mom about something so small and so simple. But I was like, I cannot not, I cannot have your mom scared of me offering to help because you're going to get I mad. I fucked up. Okay. Thanks. No, I know that. I talked to her about it. Okay. You did. I, I, I said, mom, I'm sorry. I said that I, you just got to understand like 
Cass and I were on the road for three weeks and we came right back into chaos in this house and we haven't connected with each other in a month. Like a real, like, just like, here we are. Wow. We're being ourselves. We're not just like, okay, what do we have to do next? And then, you know, just like having a laugh and chilling. Like, I just felt like, hey, I'm useless unless I can do like connect with Cass. Like I have zero motivation to do anything. I just need to know what's going on with my girl. And I took it back and I said, I'm apologetic. Yeah. I just don't want you to be like such a force of like scary. I don't want your mom to be so scared of you that I can't be helpful because she'll be like, no, Sean, I'll get mad. Like I can't like that. That steals so much from me. She raised me. She's probably one of the scariest people you'll ever meet. (laughs) No, I know you guys, you, Megan and, and your mom are all pretty tough i don't know why i don't i don't know why you're always like megan's so scary my mom's so scary and i'm like dude you're scary too you know like i feel like i'm scary because i'll just say the real uncomfortable thing like that everybody's dancing around i'm like that shouldn't be scary that somebody's like hey yeah but it's dad's not going to get better in a hospital they love that he's in there they're going to keep him there forever that's where people go to die he's not getting better there you know yeah, what I we'll mean? Get it. Yeah, yeah, totally. But the fact that I'll say that and stand by it, like I become an intimidating person. Well, no, sometimes I think you can see that sometimes you have a dark narrative going on in your head and you are very like saying your dark narrative and making acting as if your dark narrative is truth. And that's can be scary, you know, because you'll want everyone as scared as you are, you know. Yeah. So like you're a very compelling and convincing person. Oh, for some reason only when i'm being negative like i spend the majority of my life trying to crack jokes and trying to get everyone into the church of chill vibe i'm here with you babe no i know i know i know and a lot of people are i know i'm just i'm talking about within the household which is that's what my life is right now i'm not socializing i haven't seen anybody else like we were making this movie which is a blast and we're gonna get back to it hopefully and then we've just been doing this so yeah yeah Sorry if this is a raw-ass transmission. I don't even know. I'm like, should we put this out? We're just like fucking going in and through. Should we? You don't want to put this out? No, I'm, we can put it out. I'm just like, I just feel like we're like, um, bleh, like, oh my gosh. everyone. And I what know, are we going to do? Fucking do what all other people do and pretend we know something. Pretend uh, like, yeah, I guess that, so. oh, pretend we're doing great. Fucking do the same thing that all social media does, which is make people feel less than because you're doing so great. It's like, we're not doing great. We're struggling right now. Here's why we're going to do better. I'm adjusting. It'll be fine. It will be okay. I think you're doing pretty good, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. I've I've just had a couple outbursts, uh, (laughs) a couple regrettable outbursts, but they're they're making me a better person. (laughs) (laughs) But I I get it, you know, because you're like in the house you like your parent, like you're, you're at your family's house, like you're living in that, you know. I'm can be raw as hell to my mom when I'm up visiting her, you know? It just frust- frustrates me on an intellectual level to see their karma happening. And now it's our problem. My because whole it's life, our karma too. My whole life I said, Dad, don't smoke. You're going to deal with this down the line. And not only are you going to deal with it, the whole family's going to have to deal with it. We're going to have to take care of you. Because you yeah. won't stop smoking. Now we're dealing with the karma of that. My parents treating like Katie like a patient. A lot of times she has been. And has had to be. like. And has had to be. Yeah. And I understand why that's been the, the dominant narrative. Yeah. But you see it's somebody who now acts like a patient. 
you know, very hard to get her to do anything. Yeah. Very hard. And, um, yeah, they've just never done anything to curb the chaos in the house. And there's just blasting TVs all the time and yelling and screaming and short fuses and lack of patience and compassion. And all that is shit that you have to cultivate throughout your life. And my whole adult life, I've been saying, y'all better start fucking cultivating some new tools because this American chaos, blast the TVs, just fucking forge ahead, don't deal with anything, don't apologize, don't be nice. Like, it, it fucking comes around. And now it's coming around. And it's like, my dad's laying there miserable in a hospital because he smoked. That's yeah. it. Your dad's the same age as my dad. He's crisp and clear. Yeah. He didn't smoke. I mean, I guess he did, but not like my dad. He stopped smoking when I was born, I yeah. guess, or maybe before that. So Yeah, my, my mom stopped smoking when I was born. Yeah. She doesn't struggle with that. So, yeah, I don't know. You just, it, I'm, I'm just, it, it's so frustrating. I don't know. Seeing him getting poked and prodded and not able to sleep, it's like, in this life, you want to do every favor for yourself that you can to stay out of a hospital. And that, for us, means... You can't trust the hospitals here. Well, you can't trust the hospitals here, They're, but it's it's profit motive has poisoned the well. On try to eat everything. good. Try to be healthy. Try not to if you sh- try to get off whatever uh, nicotine vape you're on. I see everyone's on that. Yeah, yeah. Like I went over to Charlene and well, you know your aunts and yeah, they're talking about how you know we're, we do this thing and I'm like, no, you guys do that. I mean, everyone does it, and um, I know it's hard because it's so delicious, all these flavors and stuff, but yeah. um, one of them has, like, lungs disease, lung disease, and she's she can't get off the nicotine vape, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's a, it's a, very, it's a very powerful chemical because it helps you cope with yeah. the insanity. And, uh, yeah, the, the whole way we conduct ourselves is very strategic, to not let American institutions get their hooks in us. Because once they do, they don't let you out of their death grip. And uh, we spend so much fucking money on food. But that's our health care. That's yeah. our health insurance. And we exercise and meditate and get good sleep and have good sex. And that's that's uh, therapy. That's everything. That's everything. My, that those are the like the pillars of my healthy life <laughs> and how i um don't end up getting duped i hope yeah i mean you, like nothing's promised but you don't want to go out suffering if you don't have to because of stupid habits yeah you know yeah it's a fucking horrible thing to bear witness to and it just it arises all of this stuff in me because i'm a disciplined person and i can be disciplined as i sit here and fucking puff vapes and eat nicotine but (laughs) i i knew to get off fucking spliffs i don't know my sister died of lung disease we don't even know what that was we don't even know what that was it was just like aaron has a lung problem and uh, two years later she's dead well your mom she thinks it has to do with she went to a baseball game in canada with your uncle and like there was a wildfires at the time or something and she's so i don't know speak of yeah, there's a lot of stuff that it could have been that she was exposed to or whatever, but um, it's really in your day-to-day habits. Aaron never ate anything besides uh, boneless buffalo wings from Applebee's. And when I bring that up as a factor in her health and happiness, 
my parents get so mad. So I, you know, I just can't even. Well, there's no point. She's gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's. I I say this all the time about relitigating her death, which which is what we have to do all the time because, like, I don't know. We just we're still in that denial phase about it, at least as a family. And I'm like, hey, I've accepted it, and I've accepted. Hey, you know. Aaron didn't live the healthiest life and her body really needed to be very healthy. And I don't know if there's anything that we could have done to prevent her from dying, but I know that what we can do to prevent ourselves from ending up in that type of situation is like I said, eat right, sleep right, meditate, good sex, just keep the energy moving, exercise, keep your body happy through exercise. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, then you can mine for joy and not get caught up and fucking derailed from your mission here. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to get back to. Yeah. No, it's it's easy to get a little lost, but I think gratitude and, I mean, just being grateful that we can be home right now, you know, and that this is all working out for us to be home and be able to be helpful and stuff, so. And, and you know not to echo your dad but a lot of people do have it a lot worse oh yeah totally i don't even mind that he said that i like totally appreciate he's like well it's just it's a defense mechanism he's like oh i can't think about this you know yeah no i know and and it's fine you know he's got he's walking his own tightrope you always got to count your blessings and i definitely do and i am very grateful and life is real as fuck and it's it's interesting that we of course i trust everyone is as balanced as everyone else in some ways like they're the balance is coming for us but like we have this like wild like we're probably some of the most wild and free people. Yeah. So when that's fucked with slightly, I'm like, what the fuck? I know. But right now we're like feel like some of the most constricted people because we literally need to be watching someone we love 24/7. Yeah. And so there's and you know going to the hospital and stuff. So like our world went from like. Oh, we could be anywhere, do anything. We don't even have to decide where we're going, what city we're going to next, to like coming home and being like, You're okay, here. we have to go to the hospital in the morning, and then we have to watch Caitlin, and then we have to like your mom goes to the hospital and and, and make sure Get dinner ready. Did do very. Then by the time dinner's done and everyone's settled, Caitlin's toxic on her nightly medication, so she can't walk, and there's two hours where she's trying to walk around and she's falling all over the place. And then yes. once that's all done, just start again. But that's, but that's, it's so clearly the balance to like, we just had the most wild and free few weeks that we could possibly have had where it was like, no one was telling us where we had to be when we had to be there. We were really the, and now it's like, we can't even meet You had a friend in town yesterday and it's like, we can't even go grab dinner with them. Like we're slipping out because your mom's home right now. We have a couple hours, but it's interesting. The balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't even judge it. Can't even hate it. Just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for doing this with me. <laughs> I Thanks. hope it was okay. Thanks for suggesting this. I think we need to do this. It's um, very easy to get in the doom and gloom and say, oh, yeah, I don't care about doing a transmission. Well, I hope it was okay. I hope, I don't know. I think all our transmissions are all the same and all very different in some ways. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this one was. I feel like we were just like unloading. So if you made it this far, thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for hearing what we're up to. Um, we have a discord where you can share what you're up to. We have a support. That's how we make friends. Yeah. That's, and we want to make more friends and there's more friends in there that want to make friends. So um, 
share whatever's going on with you. I know we're not the only ones going through a tough portal right now. Yeah, um, share what's going on with you. It's good for us to hear this stuff. It's good for you to get it off your chest. Leave it in a comment or get on the Discord. You get on the Discord through patreon.com slash churchofchill. Now would be a great time in our life if you've been on the fence about supporting us to show your support. We could really use it to uh, stay motivated. <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah, we'll be back at it. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. Tons of bonus podcasts there. The Church of Chill radio show. Yes. Just discover the music that will change your life. Chill out with us. Yeah. And uh, Boys Club. That's mine and Joey's secret podcast. We might have to throw one of those on YouTube eventually. Just to show the people what you they're missing. You wild boys? Yeah, a couple wild asses. A um, couple twisted jokers, really. And uh, yeah, lots of other stuff on there. So thanks for your support. Thanks for being there for us through this time. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone's shown mad love, and I really appreciate it. And we'll uh, we'll be coming to you with some wild adventures soon enough, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, we're going to be back out on the road in two weeks, and uh, God knows who we'll be meeting. If there's somebody you think we should meet, drop it in a comment or send us a little DM or something. It's uh, truly appreciated to have some leads. Cool. Anything else? Mm, no. Cool. Peace, love, and magic, y'all. Sure.